When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The NFL owners tonight uh, approved the return of the Los Angeles Rams to the market starting with the 2016 season. We all want to change the world. Tavon, near sideline. He spins away. Tavon, touchdown. Robert Quinn knocks it out, picking it up. Ethan Westbrook's 25-15. Touchdown, LA. But when you talk about destruction... Gurley carries up the middle. 15, far side 10. Gurley goes in. Touchdown. Caught by Michael. The ball comes out. Ogletree is on it. The Rams have turned the Seahawks over to cap what should be a Rams victory. Hello, guys, and welcome back to the Downtown Rams podcast. I'm Jake Ellabogan here with my boy Blaine Greasack, and we're here to kind of cope with what was a tragic loss at the hands of the Seattle Seahawks, a 16-10 loss, if you will. Um, Blaine, <laughs> take me uh, through this. Yeah. What, very, what happened? Very, very – you know, the last two podcasts we've had, we've done on um, on Sunday nights, we've, had, we've, we've been able to celebrate victories and – um, this week, no, that's not the case. Um, honestly, it, it reminded me a lot of um, a lot of games from last year, where you know, I mean, there, there was a Bills game, um, the D- Detroit game, and the Giants game, and probably a couple of games from last year that I'm, I'm missing. But in those games, it felt like the Rams were the better team for most for most of the game, and then it was just missed opportunities and turning the ball over in, in inopportune moments. And I feel like that same Rams team kind of showed up today. Um, you know, five turnovers against the Seattle Seahawks isn't going to get the job done. It's just, it's, it's not. Um, there, there was, uh, the, the, the game really changed. I think the Seahawks didn't get anything out of it because of the Cody Davis interception. But um, when Todd Gurley fumbled in the end zone, um, which I, I, I mean, some some Rams fans might disagree, but I, I thought it was a good call. Um, you could clearly clearly lost clearly lost possession before he stepped out of bounds, um, and then the ball went on the other back of the end. So I think that's kind of when the game changed, and then um, from there on out, the Rams just nothing seemed to go their way. It was just one of those games, um, in, in my opinion. What are your initial thoughts, Jake? Um, I thought you had a lot of good takeaways out of the defense, but I think the offense was uh, mismanaged by Sean McVay. I think they tried to get a little too cute with some of their play calling. 
they didn't stick to what has been working and what's made them uh, second highest uh, efficiency uh, efficient offense and uh, the number one scoring offense. And I think that was really the prime factor in the loss. Um, before we get into anything more, though, uh, Blaine, I just want to um, let people know that we are doing, if you guys haven't known by now, um, we're doing a Sammy Watkins slash Aaron Donald jersey giveaway. We are at 85 star reviews. Honestly, honestly, at this point, we'll probably give away anybody because uh, Sammy Watkins we didn't have a game for the ages today either. Um, he, uh, did, did, did you see the play that he he kind of gave up on and got through it deep? Did you did you see that play or did you miss it? I thought he could have reached out at least. Yeah. I mean. All right, so so change the rules, <laughs> change the rules. If <laughs> if if you uh, the lucky winner of this jersey giveaway, we are giving out whatever jersey you want. Um, we will contact you when we uh, find out who is the winner, and we'll ask you what jersey you want and what size. And don't worry about shipping or anything. We will send it to you, and you will have your very own jersey of whoever you want. We are getting rid of the Sammy Watkins slash Sammy, or slash uh, Sammy Watkins <laughs> slash Sammy Watkins Sammy slash Aaron Donald because uh, if you want Johnny Hecker, uh, you know, go crazy, you know? Yeah, yeah, all right. Um, but, yeah, um, as always, before we get started, um, we have promised that we would read all these five, all the five-star reviews. So we got three more in last week um, that uh, – we, we, we got five, but only three left um, a description in the review. So here are the three. Um, Bcant74 said, very knowledgeable and engaging. Enjoy talking Rams while downtown Rams. Um, Casey Fullback, um, hopefully you're not a Chiefs fan, but if you are a Chiefs fan and are listening to the Ram- downtown Rams podcast, um, props. Um, hands down the best Rams podcast I've listened to. Keep up the good work. And then Ben Blanco 18 says, Cons- Concise, positive, in parentheses, unlike another Rams podcast. And uh, professionally done. Downtown Rams and podcasts that shall not be named are by far the best Rams podcast, in my opinion. Um, so thank you guys for those reviews. Keep them coming. And uh, we always, as always, we look forward to talking more into all of you guys. Now, it, jumping into our headlines, though, um, the Rams fell in heartbreaking fashion to the Seattle Seahawks. And we, we briefly kind of discussed this, er, discussed this just um Minutes ago, Jake. But like you said, I, 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 you know, in one sense, it was missed opportunities. It was just plays not going the Rams' way. It was going over four in the red zone. It, it was just one of those days that just nothing went right for the Rams. Um, but like you said, you know, Sean McVay. This is one of the. I, this is his worst game as a play caller, in my opinion. Um, you know, Todd Gurley at the beginning of the game is having. You know, a pretty good game against a defense that gives up a lot of a lot of um, a, a lot of room on the ground, um, picking up five to six yards per carry. It seems like when he's running inside zone, then all of a sudden they start running this outside zone stuff that just doesn't that, that's not working, and they try to get Tavon Austin involved in in the run game, and just neither neither guy could really get into a rhythm, and more importantly, Gurley because he's the number one featured back. Um, ne- Gurley couldn't get going. They abandoned the run way too early, even though they were down by just three points. Um, McVay handing out timeouts like he's Mike Martz ten years ago, and um, just t- t- total total mismanagement from from McVay. It's his worst game by far. Um, so, any last thoughts here before we head into more specifics um, 
on this game? Um, well, my uh, bold prediction of 250 total yards uh, by Gurley, um, that fell flat. <laughs> Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I, I, I mean, um, I mean, Gurley just just fourteen carries for forty three yards, and and that's not going to do it. Meanwhile, Jared Goff, um, he 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 didn't complete. He he failed to complete more than fifty percent of his passes, going twenty two for forty seven. And and when you're throwing the ball fifty times, like most of the time, you're not going to win that football game. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. It's just. Um... It, it's it's a shame. It really is. And I think um, really how I looked at Blaine is this could have been avoided. You didn't need to put your second-year quarterback in this position to have to throw 47 times. This was a 13-10 game for a while. It was a 10-10 game for uh, quite a bit as well. And then, it, you know, we're talking 16-10 is what, you know, it came out to be. So it, this is a game that if they just – you know, if they ran the ball more, played the clock a little bit more, and on top of it, like, you, if they used Gurley more out of the passing game like they've been doing, if they just went along with the same offense that they've been playing, they would have been fine. Golf wouldn't have had to throw 47 times, and the Rams probably win the game. Yeah, I, I, here's kind of my thoughts on this. Is I, I think Sean McVay got into a game he didn't want to be in. Um, he got he got into the you know the, these Rams Seahawks games have been defensive battles over the years. Defensive battles, field position, and and and, and managing the clock. Um, that's how last year's game ended up being nine to three, and that's how this game ended up being sixteen to ten. These low scoring, trudge it out, and and just. Trudge it out, man, man against man, one in the trenches. That's the type of this game ended up being. And um, we, we saw that, you know, on the Seahawks score, scoring drives, 15 plays, took seven minutes off the clock. Um, the Rams offense hadn't been on the field in what seemed like a half an hour. Um, so I, I, I just feel like that's a game that Sean McVay is not comfortable coaching. I, I think he he's, he's better off coaching these high scoring games like last week and, and week before against San Francisco, these types of games he's, he's just, he's uncomfortable with. And, and unfortunately to beat the Seahawks, especially in in, in, in an NFC West matchup, that is how you have to beat them. You have to run the ball up their throats. Not any, don't do any of this cute stuff with trying to run Tavon Austin on these, on these sweeps or Gurley on these, on these outside zone sweeps. Those plays don't work. You have to, you have to take it at them. And I just feel like Sean fake started to get too cute and, by the time they started to change it up, it was too late. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. And, you know, one thing I definitely want to bring up before we move on, um, you know, the Rams held, and and hear me out here, they held Russell Wilson to under 100 total yards, and they lost. I don't know how many times it's happened. Un, un, so under, under how many yards? It, it, it was a shame. Under 200 total yards. Y- yeah, he had... Uh... 198 yards passing, and his rushing numbers were five for six, five, five for sixteen. So I mean, he had 214 total. But I, yeah, I mean, they, they did well containing him. Oh yeah, yeah 204. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you're, yeah. yeah. Well, they did. They did a fantastic job containing him. I get it, it's crazy. You know who, uh, um, who was a tackling machine today it was Mark Barron. He actually had 15 tackles, 12 of them being solo, and the next guy was Nikel Ruby Coleman with six. So. Bear was all over um, the tackling today. 
I I definitely have to point out though that you know your guy John Johnson really looked really good and so did Cody Davis. So I think it's really interesting um, that the safeties looked really good, and that was considered like the weakest spot coming into this game because of the injuries and the benching of Mo Alexander. Yeah, and um, and we, we, it, it, exactly. I mean, you're 100 percent correct, um, and we'll get into that safety situation in just a second. But um, moving on to our second headline, the Rams are one for eight in their last two games in the red zone. Um, so at, at this point, it's just a concern. Like one for eight in the red zone is scoring a touchdown less than 13 percent of the time, 12 and a half percent of the time to be exact. Uh, that's not good. So, Jake, uh, what do the Rams need to do here, and how do they fix this? Um, they need to be less predictable in the red zone. I think when you look, they they run a lot of that, um, those Tavon Austin carries, and I think teams are just you know chomping at the bit for that. You know, um, I, Tavon Austin's vision is actually uh, very overrated in my opinion. When he gets the ball out of the backfield. You're giving this guy a lot less time to really read and react, and that's why like direct carries, direct handoff, Tavon Austin. I don't think they, you know, go as well as say maybe a pitch or, or you know, one of those, uh, um, those, those end arounds. Um, because I think you saw a couple times today when you know he took the ball out of, uh, you know, the either the uh, the single back formation or the I formation. Um, he saw him run right into his own guy. So I, I think that's been the issue. I think, you know, they need to be less predictable because I think they were a little predictable today. Uh, I'm not saying they were totally like last year's offense because they scored more points than last year's offense did in the same situation against Seattle at home. But he definitely swung and miss on multiple opportunities. And I think for the last time, because I, I just keep saying this, they need to use josh reynolds in the red zone you're having a hard time in the red zone okay why don't you loft one up to josh reynolds who can win that 50 50 ball like they didn't do that and i i think that was an issue i think they they don't they don't do that enough yeah i mean there's 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 josh reynolds there's i mean gerald everett's a big body they have guys um and I 100% agree, you know. Well, they threw, it, they it, threw it, one up to Everett and he dropped it. Yeah, yeah. That was, was just one of a couple of crucial drops um, in, in, in this game. Yeah, but, definitely. Um, yeah, I just <laughs> – it is something to be concerned about. And, I mean, I, I think they're trying too hard to get the ball in Tavon Austin's hands just because, you know – I, I don't know, and I, and I don't know why. Like this is the guy that fumbled the ball. He had he he had two punt returns and fumbled the ball on both of them. Like I don't know how how this is a guy that you trust putting the ball in his hands. I mean, yes, he's explosive. Yes, he's a playmaker. But you know, so is Todd Gurley, and and this is and Todd Gurley's the guy that has been literally carrying this football team these 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 past couple of weeks. So much so that he's been in the MVP conversation. Like Todd Gurley has had a fantastic four weeks, and all of a sudden this in this game, you go away from that, and, and he started the game off really well. You go away from Gurley, and you start handing the, hand, giving the ball to Tavon, a guy who fumbled the ball twice. It just, it made no sense in, in, in this one, and I, I just think they have to, you know, in order to succeed in the red zone where the ball gets smaller, where the field gets smaller, you have to be able to, A, a you have to have playmakers that, that they can make plays in the red zone, and I think the Rams do with guys like Everett, and I mean, they have Watkins, who's been non-existent these last two weeks, 
Um, but you also have to be able to run the ball. And um, and t- t- today, outside of the one um, the one run from 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 Tavon Austin in the going for a, a touchdown, the, the the Rams they completely abandoned it, abandoned it today and and, and last week um, they kind of abandoned it too in the red zone. So they've they, they've. They, They've got to figure something out because going one for eight in the red zone just isn't going to cut it for the rest of the year, especially, especially next week when they go up against a defense that's, in my opinion, five times better than the Seahawks defense. It's faster and it's it, it's a very similar scheme, so it'll be it'll be interesting. But you did bring up the safeties um, a second ago, Jake. What were your thoughts on the Rams bench, Maurice Alexander? Um, I thought it was a little shocking. I know I texted you immediately because you texted me that he was benched I didn't even hear about it yet and uh I was a little shocked um I obviously you can understand when you look at the tape is not having a good season he, he's you know he's been out of position quite a bit he misses you know some key tackles and um I was just more so shocked to see him inactive just like you know completely inactive um but, you know, I, I got to hand it to John Johnson and Cody Davis um, and Aubrey Pleasant for getting these guys rolling, you know, uh, the defensive backs coach. I, I just, to me, I think he really got a great game out of both of them. <laughs> Ironically, those are the the two guys that had the interceptions. Um, so, yeah, I was really impressed. Uh, it, it's a good sign because now you really have something to look forward to when Marcus comes back. You can have kind of a rotation out there. Um, maybe have, you know, Cody Davis, you know, as a third safety. Um, I think John Johnson assumed control of the starting uh, strong safety position um, today. I I really do. I think, you know, the way he played, um, Pro Football Focus graded him as the 12th safety in the league. Um, He's already 12th, you know, after one start. So um, I think that says a lot. He had it, you know, he played a great game. And, uh, you know, I I think – my biggest thing with him, he seemed really slow um, coming out of college. I just I watched the tape and I wasn't like for you know I wasn't really impressed and I thought it was kind of a rush. but one thing you saw he had he, plays, he, had, he had pretty good he, closing closing speed on that interception he he I, uh, I, I, I believe yeah. I believe Graham was okay. wide wide open and then he just undercut that and took off. Well, Russell Wilson did not see him. Yeah, he he just didn't. And and when he he took off, he he took off like a bat out of hell and. Uh, he picked that off, and he would have taken it to the house, and that would have been the game if you think about it. But um, Russell Wilson ended up making the play. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's actually. Uh, I mean, that, that, that's, that's another one of the handful of plays that the Rams left out on the field. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I think this is now John Johnson's job to lose. Uh, like, like you said, Maurice Alexander hasn't he hasn't played well. I mean, after last season when he was graded the, the most improved player on Pro Football Focus, this year he just. I don't know if if, it, if it, he's just not a scheme fit, if he's just not understanding the defense. I don't know what it is, but uh, but between missed tackles, taking bad angles, and just being in the wrong spot in coverage, he hasn't played well. And um, I, the fact of the matter is, Mo, Mo Alexander is probably a short term solution anyway, because the Rams did take John Johnson in the third round, and you take somebody that high, you expect them to kind of be the future of that position. And the Rams have been working him in slowly, and obviously felt like between Mo Alexander's play and John Johnson's, I guess, impro- improvement uh, in practice and, and on the field, Wade Phillips felt like he was ready. And I, I believe he showed that today. He had a couple, couple bra- 
pass, I think he had two pass breakups. Obviously, had the interception, um, and like you said, he graded out well on Pro Football Focus. So we'll see. Um, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what he does, but his future looks bright. Yeah, you know who else graded out well? Uh, Kayvon Webster, um, Nickel Robbie Coleman continues to play an outstanding uh, pace. You know, the Rams really need to consider extending him uh, now <laughs> before he continues to keep doing this. And like, I mean, he, keep in mind, Blaine, they got him for the veteran minimum. Like, the the one guy that's really been disappointing to me though, uh, Tremaine Johnson. Um, I, I didn't think he played all that well, um, and he he hasn't played all that well this year besides uh, week one. If you think about it, yeah, no, I I, I I agree. He got he got beat by Dez last week and really wasn't all that great again today. But Jake, this is the topic that all Rams fans are talking about um, right at, right after the game um, today as well. Um, I'm sure I'll be talking about it on Monday because um, we're recording this on, on Sunday night, so I'm sure they'll be talking about it tomorrow. But <laughs> the the second to last play of the game, Jared Goff drops back to throw, um, looks left, comes back. Comes back right. Um, he he looked he looked off the linebacker just enough for there so there was space in between the linebacker and, and Cam Chancellor. Threw the ball, hit Cooper Cup. What I thought was directly in the hands. Maybe there was some heat, a, a little too much heat on it. But in my opinion, there had to be heat on it in order to, to split the two defenders like he did. But goes right off Cooper Cup's hands. And I don't know if I, I consider it a drop, but he he dropped a pretty difficult touchdown that would have won the game. So. Jake, what was your opinion on this play? Did Cooper Cup drop a touchdown there? Um, it, it's tough because again, I, I don't think I've ever seen. Can we just point this out? Have you ever seen golf throw with that much velocity? <laughs> like that was like a big time throw. Yeah, it was. A big, um, that it was, was a like he throw, looked yeah. like Michael Vick throwing the ball. Um, I see. It's hard for me because Cooper Cup was huge in getting him down there. He had a couple nice catches on that drive and on the drive previously that got stalled. Um, yeah, I, I mean, here's he, here, here, here's where I'm at. Here's where I'm at with that, and then, and then I'll let you continue. Is that you know I'm, it's like it, like Cooper Cup's a good player. I like this this quote unquote drop. It, it doesn't take away from the player that he is. It's it's one of it's, it's one. Uh, I wouldn't even call it a bad play. It's it's one negative play in. Uh, in, in a game where he had, you know, several good ones, he was he was pretty involved there in the, in, in the passing game. So this is it isn't a knock on Cooper Cup the player whatsoever, but it's a legitimate legitimate question just because you know he he makes this catch and sh- granted it's a difficult catch because there is so much heat on it. I don't know if he expected there to be that, that much heat on it, but the fact of the matter is it, it it literally lands it hits him in the palm and and in in, in my opinion that, that that that's a ball you have to catch so i guess what i'm saying to you is that this this doesn't, this doesn't take anything negative or anything positive away from from cup just it's it's a discussion point that i'm sure all rams all rams fans are are talking about yeah it's rough because you know if Goff takes something off that is it, I, it, it's is probably it, is getting pit yeah exactly so it, it's really hard like if he threw it a little bit behind him maybe but the like it we were talking about this, and it's it's just it's hard because, you know, obviously I think ideally he would have wanted to get more inside, like towards uh, like his armpit, chest type of area. Mm-hmm. But, um, but, but I, 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 least... believe, I believe one of the linebackers is is is, is there. I, th- I think he had to put it where he put it. Well, on, like the outside, like by his armpit, I think. Um, you know, kind of maybe okay. tried to trap catch that with yeah. his body. Okay. Yeah. Um, but 
but like you make a you make a really good point because there's guys closing in and he needs to put something on it and if he takes anything off it it's probably getting picked and at that point that's the game and this this what this was a third down and 10 so you know it, he misses this at least you know he's thinking live to play another down otherwise i think he's probably going inside shoulder you know i think yeah. maybe that's really what it was i think he was thinking well if he doesn't catch it you know, live to play another down. If if I go, you know, if I take too much off this, I'm not getting another chance. So there's still time on the clock for another play. They still had a fourth and 10. So I think that's ultimately the decision he made. Or, you know, then again, it could have been, you know, in the heat of the moment, he just, you know, launched it and uh, yeah, it was there. I'm not sure he even expected Cup to be that open because Cup was wide open. I I, th- I think the Seahawks completely misplayed that play on defense. I I think he just I don't know if, I don't know if, if if Goff got excited or 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 what because that was that was a big boy throw that was, that was a hell of a throw. It was I, I I like you said I don't know if I've ever seen Goff throw a ball with that much velocity. Um, it, it was just I I wouldn't call it a perfect throw. I'd call it a B. Like if I if I'm giving it a grade, I, I'd get, I'd, I'd say it was a, a B plus throw. Like. Maybe it was a little bit off target, but I think he put it where pretty close to where he had to put it. Maybe there's a little too much heat on it. I I, I think it, both players are a little bit at fault. I mean, Goff probably could have placed it a little bit better, but at the same time, it, hit, it hits Cup directly in, in in the palms. And at that point, you're, you're the guy with supposedly the best hands on the team. And when you have the best hands I, on the team, I will and, also and, and say you're, this: you're reliable, like you got to make that he- catch. Yeah, I, I will also say this, though. At least he, like, laid out for it. So I kind of feel like, you know, Cup had already been fully extended. He, he you know, laid out for the catch. If he didn't lay out and kind of went like Watkins did earlier in the game, where, you know, you probably can reach out and catch that ball. And he just kind of watches it sail over him. Um, you know, I, I think that's why, a little bit, that's why I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I, I think that, it could have been caught by Cubs, but at the same time, it's a difficult catch. I think it's best to I, 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 I think it's best to go fifty-fifty on the blame. Yeah, I mean, it's a difficult catch. I think he's made more. I think he's made more difficult catches. Um, and as far as him laying out, I, I, I don't think he like dove like like dove forward for it. He like he jumped up for it, up, up for it because the ball was I think a little bit high. Um, so he, he jumped up for it, and, and with the, with his momentum and velocity, ended up carrying him forward, and it ended up looking like he dove. When in reality, I don't think he did. Um, if that physics makes sense, um, I'm not an expert in physics by any means, but I, in, in my opinion, that that's that's what happened. But yeah, I think you, I, I think you kind of have to put the blame a little bit on both players. I think I think more so on Cup because the ball did did hit him hit him in the hands. But um, at the end of the day, it's just, it's just one of several plays that the Rams failed to make. I mean, Zerline missed a 36 yard field goal. Um, Gurley missed the. He fumbled in the end zone. Uh, Everett dropped a touchdown. Um, there, there was, there was, a, there was a, the the screen pass that got intercepted that the Seahawks made. So at the end of the day, the, the Seahawks just made more plays when they needed to than the Rams did, and that ended up being the difference. It's, it's just, you know, at, at this point where we're just picking straws, and there's there, there's a lot of straws in, in 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 the bag, unfortunately. Yeah, I think you know you just don't want to see it get to that point. Yeah, and. The Rams had so many opportunities for them to avoid this down to the wire play. So, I, I, and you know, you can play, you can place both the blame on both guys, but um, 
I mean, it, it's on the Rams. This this game should have been over with. They outplayed Seattle, you know, 375 total yards they put on this defense that we always hear about how great they are. And, you know, the Rams defense gave up, what, 240 to Seattle, their offense. So uh, this is a game that the Rams outplayed them. They lost the turnover battle, uh, and uh, that's what killed them. Exactly. Um, and – yeah, it's just it's it's frustrating. Um, I think I think Andrew Whitworth gave up his second pressure of, of the of, of the season um, when I, I I forget who it was that, that ended up beating him, but he ended up causing the fumble um, there. Um, yeah, the it was his first well. sack given up too. Yeah, so and I I think uh, I felt like Frank Clark was a little offsides too. I yeah, think he jumped, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it is what it is. At the end of the day, Rams just didn't make plays when they needed to, but they'll be back next week. To take on the Jaguars, but Jake, we have a very special guest. He is our Rams insider that joins the show every single week. Um, Would you like to introduce him to the show? Yeah, guys, it's Joe Curley from the Ventura County Star. uh, As we were happy to have him on, so without further ado, here is the man, the myth, the legend, Joe Curley. All right, guys, and uh, Blaine and I are here to bring you the man, the myth, the legend himself, Joe Curley. How's it going, Joe? Well, uh, trying to make sense of this this, uh, game the Rams let get away today. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that Um, they did. Um, I I, I mean – just so many missed opportunities. Um, I guess a- after the game, what, what did McVay and some of the players have to say about just, you know, I, I mean, Gurley missed a touchdown to open the game. Um, uh, John Johnson, uh, I, I, I mean, he, he returned the, he, he returned the interception back, I guess, deep, deep into Seahawks territory, but it looked like it, it probably should have gone for a pick six. Uh, Gerald Everett dropped what, what might have been might have been a touchdown. Cooper Cup at the end there. Just tons of missed opportunities. What, what did what did what did everybody have to say about 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 those and really the game itself? Yeah, really. Um, you kind of hit the hit the nail on nail on the head. They, um, you know, John Johnson. We owned up to the fact that he probably should have returned that all the way, and he said that you know there was a question about the offense not being able to convert in the red zone or whatever. And he basically said, Hey, you know, we were, you know, any of us could have made one more play and won this game. And that includes me. So he took, you know, he took a little bit of, of blame on that. And, um, you know, really, if you look from the girly playing the first drive to the cup drop on the last drive to the three other red zone trips they made and only got three points out of to, you know, countless other plays, the Rams were basically a fingernail away from, um, you know, controlling this division and, and starting the um, starting this era, you know, four and one, and having a you know two two and a half game lead in the NFC West, and I think you know at some point this year you're, they're probably going to feel you know regret, probably feeling regret right now that they let this game get away from them. But uh, you know, it's not that you know if we were talking right now after they you know Cooper, catch, uh, Cooper Cup catches that ball and they win the game, uh, then we're like, how easy is this? You know, you can turn around of a a four and twelve team in a one off season, and you know have one of the best offenses in the league, and you know you're headed to the playoffs, and you're going to win the division off the you know a team that's dominated that division for the last thirteen years, and 
you know, I know Rams fans don't want to hear it right now, and I know Rams fans have been waiting for a big win for a long time. But uh, you know, I, I, you guys can get some build up out of this, some runway that uh, you know, and it'll, when this team finally does get over the hump, it'll feel even better. Definitely, and um, I, I mean, it, it's incredible that they turned the ball over like four or five times and managed to only lose by six points. Um, but they did end up going just one for four in the red zone, one, one, um, one, over oh four last week. So they're one for eight um, the last two weeks combined. What's the what's the, the issue here? Why are they having so difficulties getting in the end zone when they get inside the twenty? Well, I, I think they. Um... That's a good question, um, and I think they were actually – I consider them 0 for 5 today in the red zone because they did not score a touchdown in the red zone. Their one touchdown was a run from uh, – the Austin run was from outside yep. uh, the red zone, and they, they got a field goal out of it. So it's like sometimes you you count it on you know, you know, drives that ended in points, and sometimes you count it for touchdowns. But they actually don't have – their last eight trips – uh, to the red zone, counting that second half of the of the Cowboys game, they they don't have any points. So certainly, this is the one of the biggest issues, if not the biggest issue, for the team right now. Uh, Coach McVay kind of took it on himself um, in the post game, as he is kind of um, as want to do now, as we've learned more about him over the last month or so. Um, he basically, you know, says he's going to look at himself as a play caller and see where he screwed up and you know what he could have done better. Um, you know, I think if if you look at the individual possessions you know i think there was kind of a general a general um you know getting away from todd Gurley, getting away from the running game a little bit i mean that we talked about the johnson interception the three snaps after that johnson interception were uh you know Tavon austin lines up in the background and gets a pass and then there's two incompletions one of which occurred when todd Gurley is split out wide right none of those three snaps was todd Gurley behind um you know, in the backfield behind or next to Jared Goff. So I think that's a second guess. Um, you know, obviously there, you've got the uh, issue with the interception off the screen. The deflected screen is just a poorly uh, executed play right after um, they had given up a, a sack to get knocked out of the red zone. That was one issue. You know, the, you look at the third quarter, they start the third quarter with a 13-play drive, get nothing out of that after Sirline misses the field goal. You know, I think if he, you know, obviously he had had such a great week last week and you got a gimme field goal and he misses it and he makes that field goal, you know, the game probably heads to the overtime or certainly the fourth quarter goes totally different. So I think they had a 13-play drive and an 11-play third quarter and didn't get any points out of that at all. You know, you get any points out of those, you know, things totally change. So, I mean, I think just basically the way I look at this game is there's any number of 10 things that if any of them had gone the Rams' way, uh, including the girly, um, you know, the girly run, uh, which I, when I saw it off the press box um, TVs, I thought he, I thought he was out before he had lost the ball. I didn't see the one angle where he clearly lost it, but I mean, that's on Todd. I mean, he got, he said after the game, you know, I got to put my shoulder down and, and, you know, un, you know, run someone over to get in the end zone. Like this whole holding the ball out with your inside hand, is just really lackadaisical. Um, and Earl Thomas is not to be messed with. No. I think is, you know, as we know. So go ahead. Yeah. So I, I think um, one of the, the really interesting things about this game and uh, I, I mean, you know, you, you might, 
feel different than I do. I know Blaine and I are kind of in unison on this one. I think Sean McVay got out coached, and I, I think this was his worst day of play calling, which was really surprising to me. It almost seemed, um, and I'm going to ask you this, didn't it almost seem as though they tried to get the offensive play calling and they, they went away from what has been working the last four games? Uh, I think, um, I mean, I, I think, yeah, I mean, I heard another reporter in the post game kind of ask Coach McVay about um, stuff like that and, and whether or not he got out coached by Pete Carroll. And obviously Pete Carroll's back in the Coliseum, so you've got some, you know, L.A.-friendly media for him. And, you know, I, I think, um, you know, we have to remember again that even though Sean McVay has done you know, some really special things in his first month, first couple months as Rams head coach, uh, you know, he's still a rookie head coach. He's still learning. Um, you know, there, I think I said uh, maybe in our pregame, our preseason pod that, you know, there's going to be times this year that Coach McVay is going to have learning opportunities. He's going to have setbacks. There's going to be times when he doesn't have as good as a game. And, you know, the, the key is that he learns from those situations. And, you know, the thing about football is you learn a heck of a lot more from losses than you do from wins. You you learn a heck of a lot more from disappointments, you know, and setbacks in the red zone today than you do from, you know, maybe getting by, getting lucky and scoring. And so I think this team is going to be stronger um, for the uh, events of today. But, uh, you know, it was not his best. It was not Coach McVay's um, best, best. I mean, I, I certainly there was certainly something about Tavon Austin that they liked in the matchup. And maybe they were thinking, hey, you know, um, let's rest Todd. Let's not. We've been riding Todd too hard. That was a little bit of the storyline this week. You know, do the Rams need to hold, you know, to not care ride Todd Gurley so much? You know, is he going to break down? They continue to give him, you know, 25, 30 touches a game. So, you know, I, I think, um, you know, that might have been part of it. Or maybe they just liked Austin's speed against this this big defense and obviously it worked on that touchdown run, but um, you know, I, I, uh, I think it, it, you know, I, I think there's so many things like, like we said that the Rams were basically one play away. And, and I think a lot you could point at a lot of different places, um, you know, that they could have gotten that play out of, you know, those places, you know, different, different parts of the team and they just didn't get them. And so that's why the loss is on, virtually you know the entire team and you know they'll they'll go forward and and learn from this and but yeah it was uh it was an interesting day uh to say the least yeah it definitely was and uh you know we're gonna talk about the offense obviously but i definitely want to give props and i mean maybe i'm giving too much credit but uh i thought the defense played really well um, I, I know you and I talked about this, um, you know, last time, uh, with, um, with Blaine, um, that, you know, there's a chance that the Rams found something in the Dallas game on the defensive side of the ball. And, uh, you brought that up and I, I feel like they kind of channeled that and, uh, you know, really focused on, you know, the good last week and really put together four quarters of brilliant football that's inside of the ball. Yeah, this was probably the best defensive game of the year uh, for the Rams. Uh, I mean, certainly you throw out the Colts game because no Andrew Luck and 
you know, that was a different thing altogether. But, um, you know, certainly against a quality opponent, um, you know, I, I think you like the way that they played defensively and they weren't able to really, you know, Seahawks really weren't able to run the ball. They really weren't able to do much of anything. They Honestly, if you look at it from a, a production standpoint, the Seahawks looked kind of like that Rams team from last year. You know, they had like 250 yards of total offense. You know, they're in the teens and first downs, 15 first downs. It was, you know, really they didn't, um, they didn't do a whole lot. Uh, they got the one touchdown off the, um, you know, the, the, the fade to Jimmy Graham, everything else were, was field goals. And they were kind of, you know, they had a couple decent drives in the middle. It really, really looked, the Rams dominated the first 20 minutes. The um, Seahawks kind of dominated the middle 20 minutes. And then the Rams dominated the last 20 minutes. And, you know, they didn't, they just weren't able to get, you know, you know, one field goal or I guess a couple field goals decided the game. Yeah, um, it, was, it was a game of, of small margins, that's for sure. And I, I want to go to before the game because there, there was a storyline that happened right, right before the game that I think nobody really expected, and that was the um, uh, Maurice Alexander being inactive. Um, is John Johnson? Is this, did he kind of solidify his role in in as the starting as a starting safety on, on on this defense? And I guess what's the future for Maurice Alexander now um, moving forward? Well, I think that's a a question. Um, One thing we double-checked after the game is we asked Coach McVay if if this was because of a, um, um, you know, an injury or anything, if it it was some sort of disciplinary action. And he said, no, it's just basically production. We, you know, um, we look at players after every game, and that's where it was. They obviously are not happy with the way Alexander has played over the first month of the season or, or how he practiced this week or something about it. I mean, I certainly John Johnson played really uh, played well enough last week in spot time with coach Davis to kind of open their eyes. And, and obviously they like John Johnson because they drafted him and he's kind of a, you know, kind of a McVeigh guy, you know, he was drafted under his watch. And you know, so, uh, and really, if you look at, you know, Mo Alexander had a great year last year at for safety and he struggled in his move back the strong safety so far. So, um, you know, I, I, you know, we'll maybe it's a one game kind of benching to get, you know, Mo focus, focused on the, uh, the task at hand, or, or maybe it, it is signaling a changing of the guard at that position um, for the Rams. Certainly uh, we don't know what it's going to be at this moment, but that'll play out kind of in the coming weeks. Yeah, um, it, it was definitely a storyline to keep an eye on, um, at, at least at the beginning of the game, and what we want to keep an eye on um, this week and the weeks moving forward. But I want to get back to the offensive side of the ball. It seemed like, you know, as, as much of a close game as it was, McVay really got away from the run game early on after that first drive. Uh, I think early only 14 carries and, and, and Tavon had at, at six, but um, Jared Goff almost 50 passing attempts. Did, did McVay speak at all about getting away from the run game at all in his post-game press conference? Well, it was really more about getting away from Gurley himself. Yeah. Um, you know, that's probably a matchup situation where they, you know, obviously the Seattle front is one of the best fronts in football and they did probably didn't want to mess with it. Thought they had better options, you know, to pass block and, and get things going. It's probably why they used Austin as the running back because they wanted, you know, to kind of get in the perimeter and, and, and pressure that defense in different ways. Um, you know, certainly you don't want to – one thing I'll say about Goff, Certainly, he made some big-time throws 
early in the game and some unbelievable throws on that last drive to put them in a position to steal the game at the end. You know, that throw to Higby is a big time throw. Um, but like, you know, I don't know if you guys have noticed, I'm sure you have that, um, you know, every, every game that golf plays, there's always like one or two weird throws where the ball comes out weird and it's like a, you know, and, and, you know, maybe it's not a spiral or maybe it's a weird position or, you know, you get one or two of those. And I think I, I said this in the, our post-game Facebook Live um, that we did from the, the Coliseum Press Box um, for, you know, for my paper is that there was six or seven of them. So maybe one thing, we, we interviewed um, Lindsey Jones from USA Today, uh, one of my USA Today kind of cohorts, and, and I think, uh, I guess what we came up with was that that was kind of a, um, you know, a symptom of, of Goff maybe being a little more confused with what Seattle gave him, maybe it's, you know, just facing that defense um, kind of gave him a little bit more trouble than some of the other defenses he's faced this year. So I think, um, yeah, but that was definitely an issue where Goff didn't really look as good today um, in the meat of the game than he did kind of in previous games. There were certainly some more mistakes in that the inter- the ball that was intercepted from Earl Thomas was like, what, what happened there? You know, he just kind of like you know shanked it over the middle to him. And, oh, I think um, his uh, his hand got hit while he was throwing it. Oh, is that what happened? Okay. Yeah, because yeah, the ball was. I mean, you would have to try to throw something that weird. Like it okay. was it was spinning yeah. in every angle. There was a couple. I'll have to look at the film on that. But there, there was a, there was you know you usually get one or two of those where maybe he's under pressure and and stuff doesn't really. You know, you're like, well, what happened here? And I think there was five or six of those today. Yeah, certainly. And, you know, you brought up Higby, and I, I got to tell you, I really, um, you know, during this podcast, um, you know, we we were going to go on and do um, our stock watch because that's what we always do. We, we, you know, pretty much bring up one player that improved their stock and another player that, you know, uh, fell in stock value and I definitely would say Tyler Higby improved his stock he had 98 yards receiving and for the first time I think like you know consistently throughout the game you know we saw some uh some flashes last season especially in the Saints game when he caught that touchdown but I mean for the first time in a game he was consistently um you know making plays and uh I, I gotta say, Tyler Higby looked pretty good today. Uh, I don't know what, what what did you think about Tyler Higby today? Yeah, I, certainly that's one of the takeaways from the game that Tyler Higby's maybe maturing a little bit more, becoming more comfortable in the offense, becoming more of a weapon down the field. Certainly, they went to him. Um, you know, maybe they like the matchup with some of those bigger linebackers. You know, maybe he was. You know, they couldn't guard him a little bit. He he led the team in uh, receptions and receiving yardage and and really played a good game and, and, um, you know, certainly set up that dramatic last drive where, you know, they drive the length of them less than a minute. And, um, you know, he made that play I'm trying to remember the other three catches he made, but the, you know, he had almost a hundred yards receiving and only four catches. So they were all down the field. They were all kind of big plays. So, um, I mean, he looked like know, Travis Kelsey. That, yeah. I mean, that's kind of the, the way, what they're looking at with these two tight ends. You know, you want, you know, Higby can be that kind of baby Gronk, Kelsey sort of player. And, you know, obviously Everett, who, you know, has now hasn't had a, you know, he was banged up a little bit and a couple of games in a row where he hasn't really made a huge impact. And 
you know, that's the kind of the Jordan Reed player that they hope, you know, he develops into, um, you know, kind of, a you know, but you have to remember there's two super young guys, you know, one a rookie, one a second year player. They're still kind of going to flash in and out. And, um, you know, I think the, really the goal for the Rams this year should be if one of them has a big game, you know, every week, I think, you know, this team's going to be in good position because then you've got, um, you know, all their other weapons, you know, you got a tight end on top of it. So, you know, certainly uh, you know, we got to watch these tight ends develop throughout the year. Yeah, and then also, like, you have to keep in mind, um, just anyone in general, the Rams have been, you know, this receiving game, this offense has been, you know, really clicking uh, before this game, of course, um, without really tight ends going off. I mean, you had, you know, the game I was at with the Redskins, you had the 69-yard uh, pass completion to uh, Gerald Everett. Uh, but, you know, aside from that, we haven't really seen the tight ends be used in the way that Higby was today. I wonder if, you know, they found something there and, you know, it'll only open up more opportunities for everyone else. Um, yeah. Um, you know, I think, you know, the part of what we're going to see with this offense is there's too many mouths to feed. So you're going to have games where, oh, well, I guess this person didn't do anything. Or, you know, I guess this per- person didn't do anything. This person didn't do anything. I guess we're just going to be chalking it up to matchups and and uh, Jared taking what the defense gave them. And, you know, the, the big question going forward from this, this team offensively is going to be, you know, and, and Coach McVay, you know, are you going to game plan to get certain players the ball? Or are you going to game plan, you know, and have Goff just take – what's given to them and you know and so you've got that push pull of well do the rams want the other team you know do they trust all their weapons enough to let the other team really determine where the ball goes or are the rams going to figure out ways to get certain players the ball every week and i think you know really that one person's girly i mean we saw today where that even today they let the maybe dictate and take uh girly out of the game but you know besides that i mean we really every single rams offensive weapon has been up or down you know I mean we haven't seen much from Sammy Watkins in a couple weeks now after he had that huge San Francisco game and got his bell rung so you know Everett had some big plays early in the year but hasn't done much the last couple weeks I think maybe um, Robert Woods has maybe been one of the more steadier players he obviously had the big game against the Niners but you know has really kind of stepped you know had some kind of consistent production uh, from week to week and 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 Cup, you know, we talk about how sure-handed Cooper Cup is. I mean, he's probably had a drop now in four of the five games. So, you know, we'll, we'll see where this thing develops into. Yeah, um, for sure. And um, speaking of one of those receivers, um, Tavon Austin muffed two punts today. What, what's his future as as the punt returner? Because this is it was twice today, and he, it seems like it's a rinse repeat. Rinse repeat type deal. It just happens every week. So, what's his future there at the punt returner? Well, um, I think we might speculate that it's coming to an end. But in the post game, Coach McVay basically says, "Hey, we know Tavon's better than that." I mean, he said it repeatedly now. Every time he muffs a punt, which has been one of the five games this year, that um, you know we know Tavon's better than that, and we trust him, but. You know, you can only do that so many times before you got to lose your job. And then, you know, the crazy thing, we're talking about all this stuff about Tavon. I mean, you know, he's keeping Todd Gurley off the field. He did so much today. He's keeping Todd Gurley off the field in the backfield. 
He's muffing punts and setting up scores for Seattle. And, um, you know, really, you could look at this game. We talk about all the thin line between, you know, success and failure that this team had this year, this tonight, today. And a lot of that, that's Tavon Austin's day. He has the great touchdown run, but, you know, maybe kind of keeps the offense from that second gear uh, by keeping Gurley off the field. And then obviously he sets up Seattle for key scores with the fumble. So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah we'll see how long this lasts. Yeah, definitely. He's been he's been un, un, underwhelming there at the punt return a little bit so far this season. But moving on to I guess um, next week and weeks after that, this was the Rams' last home game for uh, until week ten, I believe, when they play Houston. So how do the Rams? How do you, how will the Rams approach this 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 road trip where they had to Jacksonville, to Arizona, then they I guess they have the bye, then they go to New York before they're finally back home. How are they going to approach that? Well, be unique. Now, remember, this is all, I mean, not to bring up bad memories, but, you know, the Rams were 3-1 and one last year and suffered kind of a, a winnable loss to Buffalo at the Coliseum. And then they went on the road to Detroit and London and, and all that stuff where, where things went from, you know, you're losing close games and then the bottom drops out. And, you know, that maybe the one thing about, you know, you, you don't think this team is going to have that same arc, but they're starting, you know, it's starting to, to have that similar arc from the first game, five games from last year. And, you know, they now go from here to Jacksonville, which is looking like a really tough game on the road. Jacksonville just completely destroyed the Pittsburgh Steelers today, and Leonard Fournette's looking like a, a world beater in the backfield. And as long as, uh, you know, that defense is looking like one of the better defenses in the league. So that's looking like a very similar test to what Seattle was today, and that's on the road. So that's rough. And then they're going to stay in Jacksonville and practice to prepare for London, to fly to London from there. So you've got obviously Arizona, um, you know, in London, Arizona didn't look that good this year, but you've, you've given away your Arizona in division home game, which, you know, you need to win that game in London just because you're not going to have the Cardinals at home this this year. And you really got to win. If you're going to win this division, you got to have at least one, if not both of those Arizona games in the division, um, you know, the way Arizona looks. And then you got, um, What's on the other side of that? New York. Uh, the, New York. Uh, the, uh, yeah, the giant. You got to come all the way home, practice at home, and then go all the way back to New York to play the Giants on the road. So that's kind of a you know a tough ask, even though the Giants are a mess and they just lost their entire offense today. But you know that's still one of the better defenses in the league, and and that's going to be you know you, now that thing goes from a probable loss maybe to a must win, like a chalk. You chalk that thing up to a win now that the Giants are are crushed, but, you know, who knows what state that team's going to be, you know, besides OBJ, I mean, you know, they, everybody else might be healthy for that team by the time they, they go back to New York. So, you know, the way I did it is, you know, you've got this, you know, really this middle of the schedule is a bear just in terms of the quality of the defenses you're playing. You're playing Jacksonville, you're playing Arizona, which is still a pretty decent defense. You're playing, you know, um, playing the Giants, then you got Houston at home, you're playing Minnesota, and these are some of the best defenses in football, and you've got them bang, 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 you know, one after another, starting with the Seattle game today, and they only scored 10 points at home against Seattle, so you wonder, you know, this is the real test for, you know, this offensive renaissance of the Rams, you know, what it's going to look like when they come out of this, you know, out of this thing around, you know, right before Thanksgiving, you know, when they finally play the teams like the Saints that maybe aren't, aren't as good defense. Yeah, most definitely. It, it, they're going to have to 
they're definitely going to have to win in Jacksonville. Uh, they can't afford to go three and three. Um, you know, it, it's crazy how two losses all of a sudden takes this team from being talked about as, you know, are are they for real? To then all of a sudden, if they go three and three, people are going to cool off on them really quickly. Um, I think it helps. You know, Arizona isn't very good, but I think you make a great point as they have to win that game. Um, they haven't been able to win in London, but you know, <laughs> they they were able to beat Seattle with ease. Uh, you know, with under, and you know they couldn't beat Seattle with McVeigh. And they haven't been able to win in London with Fisher, so maybe they win with McVeigh. Who knows? Yeah. And we'll see. I mean, they got to win. Uh, and we'll see. I mean, if this team's legit in this race for, uh, um, you know, for the NFC West, they're going to have to win some of these games on the road. I mean, playoff teams win road football games. So, you know, it's a, it's a test. But for a young team that's developing, but certainly every game we get new data on this this team, and they're, they're learning new things. And you know, every every one of these games is going to be a lesson that's only going to make them a better football team going forward, whether it's or beyond. I think that's what, as a Rams fan, that you got to focus on is the long term with this group. Yeah, I mean, one uh, one parting thought. Um, you know, the Rams have played well on the road, so. Um... You know, now with the defense possibly, uh, you know, well, with the two wins, of course, and, and with the defense possibly finding their stride, if, if the offense can get back to where it was, um, I, I think that they're going to be able to pressure Blake Bortles. He hasn't really been able to uh, dominate anyone all season besides the Ravens in London. And, I mean, Jacksonville plays on another level when they play in London. So, um, yeah. it should be an interesting the um uh yeah i mean that you know that i think it's one of the more interesting games of the season you know as we're learning more about this jacksonville team you know really you've got you know maybe the best the next great defensive team and the next great offensive team in the nfl kind of developing together so we we may look at this jacksonville game as kind of an early meeting of of maybe you know two good teams going forward in this league thank you joe so much for coming on uh we look to have we look forward to having you on uh, maybe next weekend if if that works for you. Um, hopefully in better terms and hopefully we're not talking about a loss. All right, we'll see. I appreciate it, guys. Anytime. Yeah, thanks, Joe. For th- 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 thanks, thanks, good, thanks for taking time on your night. Appreciate it. Anytime. Have a good week, guys. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> thanks, Joe. Later. All right, guys, and that was Joe Curley. Uh, hopefully you guys are feeling a little bit better about this loss. I mean, obviously, <laughs> Blaine and I are doing as much as we can to help you guys feel, uh, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's it's about venting, Blaine. You know, you, you got to get, you know, your thoughts out there. You got to you gotta think about what the Rams could do, what they couldn't do. And, you know, once you think about that, then you move on to the next game. It's the 24-hour rule. So even though Fisher isn't there any longer, we still have 24 hours to vent about this game. Exactly. I, I, I was kidding earlier um, with, with 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 somebody that the Rams should have brought Fisher back just for this game, but um, thankfully they th- thankfully they they didn't. And um, Sean McVay is still our coach. Um, but anyway, moving on to our segments to finish up the show, um, we always talk about our college prospect of the week. And like I, I'll try not to post on. Um, Saquon Barkley every single week, and, and this is one of those weeks. Um, the 
quarterback from Iowa State. He is going to be my. I I I I'm so bad with names. Uh, I think I think his name's Norman. Right? No, it's not. It's not Norman. Um. What? Oh God, I can't. That doesn't anything. sound any bit familiar. No. The quarterback from from Iowa State had a, had a no. Okay. Yes, I got it now. Kyle Kempt. Um. Threw uh 343 yards and three touchdowns <laughs> to um to as Iowa State upset um upset Oklahoma. Um. I I I I don't know if this guy is going to account for much in the NFL or if he like I, I think he's more probably a a late round pick most likely, but he had a hell of a game that ended up being the difference in taking uh, taking Iowa State and uh, upsetting a very good Oklahoma team that had national championship a- um, aspirations. Yeah, that was really upsetting as a Big Twelve fan. That really bothered me. Um, oh well. Anyway, um, I think it's a good pick. Uh, I don't know if he's a prospect because I don't. Do you, do you know if he like is he a freshman sophomore? Junior, I have, I have no idea. I was just watching the game and I was like, this kid is balling out right now, and he gives me somebody not named Saquon Barkley to talk about on the podcast. So that's why that's why I chose him. <laughs> Fair enough. Interesting explanation. Um, I'm gonna go with a guy who I might actually bring up quite a bit. I'm starting to really love Luke Falk, quarterback, Washington State. Wrote an article about him before the season started. I was like. Check this kid out. He is the real deal. I think he's going the first round lane. I really do. Um, I compare him to Derek Carr. I think, you know, he, he's a former walk-on, I believe. And uh, he he's leading this team right now. Uh, they're in the top ten for the first time in a long time. I don't remember the last time the Washington State Cougars were in the top ten yeah. in the polls. So he is leading them. And uh, I think he's a first round pick. He's my number two quarterback behind only Sam Darnold. So wow, uh, I, had, I, had, I had Josh uh, Rosen and Josh Allen. And watch him. Uh, well, yeah, Josh Allen has struggled mightily. Yeah, um, he has all the raw talent in the world. He hasn't been able to play against top competition, and it's just a preference with me. I like Luke Falk more than Josh Rosen. So if, Josh Rosen if, will probably if, be third. If, if Sam, if the rumors are correct and Sam Darnold does say USC, is 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 this kid from Washington State? You think going to be like like a top top pick early? I don't know because I think a lot of teams will sleep on him. I think because of the guy you brought up in Josh Allen, you know, that I think teams are going to get, you know, fall in love with that, you know, um, all the, you know, tools and everything, all the physical traits and everything. Luke Falk isn't going to blow you away um, with measurements, but he is a guy that's going to blow you away with his anticipation, his ball sprint, um, his poise in the pocket, and his leadership. I, the dude is a total baller. And uh, honestly, even as a guy that roots for USC in Kansas, I'm rooting for this guy. I, I hope to God that Washington State gets the college football playoff. I really do. Yeah, no, that would be really cool because they're just a small school that, like you said, isn't in the top ten very often. So it would be very cool to see them getting in. Um, but anyway, moving on to our next segment, we always go around the NFC West and kind of just quickly discuss what happened there. Um, 49ers lost their second straight game in overtime to the in- – this time the Indianapolis Colts, um, they lost 26-23, and they also scored their first touchdowns against a team not named the Rams. Um, so um, they, they, they they fall to 0-5, and then the Cardinals, their struggles continue. Um, they 
fall to, they, they don't just fall to the Eagles. They get blown out by the Eagles in Philadelphia, 34-7, to and then we all know what happened in Los Angeles with the Seahawks defeating the Rams 16-10. to So did, did you have any quick thoughts there on the, on the Cardinals and the uh, 49ers, Jake? Well, the 49ers game, you have to know who I'm going to bring up here. George Kittle, a guy that I interviewed um, before we really you know, rebirthed this podcast. Huge fan of his. I uh, love watching him succeed. Despite the fact he's on the 49ers, he had, I believe it was seven catches for like something yards and a touchdown. He really, he broke out. I actually started him in fantasy because I had nobody else. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really happy for him. And uh, unfortunately, you know, for him, the 49ers lost. Fortunately for us, the 49ers lost. Um, this is probably the end of the road for the 49ers. This is probably, you know, now this confirms, in my opinion, they'll be a top three pick uh, in the NFL draft. And with the Cardinals, I think this confirms that they are not in the race uh, to win this division with the Rams and Seahawks. I think this this is officially a two-horse race. I think we, we knew it last week, but I think the Cardinals really uh, showed up this week as, you know, they, they weren't to be, you know, the threat that, you know, some – you know, preseason believed that they were going to be. I think Carson Palmer has lost a step or two. And I think this defense that everyone keeps raving about uh, was unable to start, uh, unable to stop Carson Wentz and a good Eagles team. Yeah, and I went, think went, uh, went, the went, Eagles went, secondary uh, that everyone. Went, went, went through a, for a career high touchdown today. He threw for four, which is a career high for him. Had three in, I believe, the first quarter. Um, but yeah, the 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 Cardinals they fall to two and three, and, and I I don't see them winning any more than six games. And like you said, forty nine is probably top three pick. Yeah, and and that's probably the best for the forty ers You don't want to some picks, you don't want to start winning games. Excuse me, and go like five and eleven and miss out. I mean, obviously the Rams fans do. You know they want you to, but um, I just don't see it. To me, I think the forty ers are in prime position to get. Uh, Saquon Barkley or um, Sam Darnold. Uh, it really depends on one guy, and that is Kirk Cousins. Uh, are the rumors going to run true, and is Kirk Cousins going to be a 49er? Uh, God, I hope not, but, um, you know, it, it sure seems like that's a possibility at the end of the year. Yeah, and, you know, the, the 49ers, they're at least, you know, when it comes to tanking, they're they're succeeding at it, unlike the New York Jets, who somehow have a winning record at sitting at 3-2. and two. Um, But moving on to our, our, our next segment, stock up, stock down. Um, my, my stock up, I it, it has to be John Johnson. Last week, not even starting and this week he, he starts has the interception probably should have returned it for a touchdown um really good good game from him and and I, i'm really excited to watch him moving forward i i i i don't i wouldn't say i was a, a, like his 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 physical attributes intrigued me i i i didn't know how it was going to translate to the field because, um, like you said he, he was a little slow there at boston college but his his wingspan intrigued me but you know t- Today he had that he had that closing speed that um, really was the difference in getting that interception and um, and set up uh, set up set, set up the Rams in, in, in pretty good position there and uh, unfortunately they just could, they just couldn't take advantage of it and get the win but he's my stock up my stock down um, my stock down is going to be Sean McVay uh, and and 
don't hate on me for hating on the coach, but this was by far his his worst called game. He, he mismanaged he mismanaged the game clock. Um, didn't call a good game offensively. Abandoned the run way too early, even though the, like the score was really close throughout the entirety of the game. Um, just a, a very poor performance, in, in my opinion, by by Sean McVay. And in, in in the press conference, he takes full accountability, which, which I which I love. But and, and I do have some confidence that they can bounce back next week against the Jaguars, who don't sleep on them Rams fans because that is that defense is legit. Picked off Ben Roethlisberger several times today and had I think two pick sixes. Um, but I, I I think they'll be able to bounce back and um, and learn learn from this experience. But who who do you have as your stock up stock down, Jake? Surprisingly, my stock up, stock down are both going to be tight ends. Uh, stock up is going to be Tyler Higby. Yeah, a 98 yards uh, receiving in this game, leading you know all Rams receivers in uh, yards receiving. Um, he had the huge uh, catch at the end of the game on that last second drive. Huge, really made you know the impossible look possible for a minute. Um, and he was just he was Mr. Reliable. He, he was making catches, and, and Jared Goff was putting it, you know, on the money, and, and he was able to. He, I, I think he t- took a step today, Blaine. I really do. I think he, he, this was an interesting. If, if the Rams had won this game, we would have been in, able to enjoy, you know, the uh, development, you know, the growth a little bit more of John Johnson and guys like him and, and Tyler Higby. Uh, yeah, Unfortunately, I mean, I, I, they like, lost, so that'll go unmentioned. Yeah, I mean, this is the Tyler Higby that I think we all kind of kind of saw coming out of coming out of college. He finally took that step today and had a very good game. And um, like you said, on the final drive, he he made a pretty big big catch there. But um, I, I I I think I have a feeling who your stock down is. But uh, would you like to give us the reveal? Yeah, it's going to be Gerald Everett. Unfortunately, I uh, love Gerald Everett, um, but I think he has to go down. He dropped a couple key. He had a couple really key drops. He had a touchdown he dropped, and uh, he had a, a couple, uh, you know, first down conversion drops. Uh, um, I, I just think to me, it, it's not even a bad thing. You know, it, it's like what Blaine said coming in the year. You know, tight end sometimes it takes them. It mostly always takes them two years. Besides Hunter Henry, um, and it's the fact is Gerald Everett is going to flash here and there. Um, but you know, today he's, you know, he showed that he is still a rookie and it's going to take time. You know, Tyler Higby, he was, he looked even worse last year. You know, there were times where you're like, what on earth? Um, so I don't think it's anything bad. I think it's, it's to be expected. I think it's because his stock was so high from making, you know, that big play against the Redskins. I didn't really ever lower it, but, uh, you know, he, he goes down a little bit because I don't think he has, uh, he hasn't been used quite as often, and when he has, uh, he's been dropping quite a few passes. So I think we'll get it going, Blaine. But I think definitely um, the headline, you know, at least for Stockdown, would be Tyler Higby is turning into a playmaker. Yeah, definitely. Um, and like, like like you said, you know, I agree with your, your point on Joel Everett. And then thank you for mentioning mentioning what I was saying all off season on how this guy was going to take some time to develop a little bit. Um, it, it, he's gonna have he's gonna have good weeks. Like 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 he like he's like he said that this season the the game against Washington he had a really good game and um he he's had good good moments here and there but there are gonna be games like today where he's invisible um it's just how how it goes with with rookie tight ends it's just 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 how it is it takes them about a year or so to to uh to get to get in the groove and that's the only exception there would probably be Hunter Henry who outside of just, who who outside of just being effective in the red zone was was 
pretty much the same way. Um, somebody else I want to mention for Stockdown, um, Tavon Austin uh, fumbled, fumbled two more punt returns today. Um, at, at the end of the game, uh, Cooper Cup stepped in there at punt returns, so it'll be interesting what the Rams do there. Moving forward, um, do you have a game ball? Do you want to give a game ball because the Rams lost? What, what are your thoughts, Jake? Um, I'm giving no game game ball because they lost all right I, sorry I, I, no, I'm, no, no, uh, no. I'm, I'm cold to the bone <laughs> it's, it's it's all good I, I'm, I'm probably gonna, gonna be the same way just because like you said it's a it's a loss so no game, game the game ball probably isn't isn't deserved but with that said that just about wraps up this unfortunate um, non-victory Monday so Jake why don't you take us away yeah guys so thank you guys for uh, tuning in I know it's hard to listen to uh, you know, Rams, it, it, it's hard to listen to a non-Victory Monday podcast uh, in general. I listened to quite a few last year um, as the Rams went 4-12. and 12. Um, I can assure you, to make you feel a little bit better, this is not last year's team. This is not a team that's going to go 4-12. and 12. This was a bad loss. Um, again, McVay got outcoached. Uh, they lost the turnover battle. In a way, Blaine, it was kind of a freak game. You don't have a touchdown that ends up getting overturned into a touchback every game. So I think, you know, some of that probably has to do with it. Um, but this is still, you know, favorable schedule for the Rams. And now all of a sudden, if you, you know, you, you look and, I mean, Arizona caught. Arnold's aren't going to have David Johnson in London and the Giants coming off the bye aren't going to have OBJ it looks like or any of the receivers they took a beating and uh you know the Jacksonville Jaguars albeit they're coming off a huge win you know they still don't have an amazing passing game so if the Rams can stop Leonard Fournette uh it's, it's going to be a game and win so um for Jake Allenbogen he's Blank Greasack this has been the downtown rams podcast episode number 29 thank you guys for tuning in and we'll be back on friday to get you guys hyped up for jacksonville against los angeles thank you guys as usual and you guys enjoy the rest of your week take care see you guys Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.